0: Now hear the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory Glory to to you, you, Lord Christ. Christ. And on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. And then he said to Thomas put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side do not disbelieve but believe And Thomas answered him my Lord and my God and Jesus said to him have you believed because you have seen me blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed now Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. On this Sunday after the resurrection, we continue the Easter season. The season between the resurrection of Jesus and his ascension to the right hand of the Father 40 days later, and then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church on the 50th day, the Feast of the Pentecost. We place these events in the liturgical calendar of Israel. We see that the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus occur at the Passover, the feast that celebrates the deliverance of Israel from captivity in Egypt. And we see at Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, the offering of the first fruits, the celebration, the giving of the law on the Holy Mount. In this time between Passover and Pentecost, between deliverance and reception of the law, Israel journeys from Egypt to the holy mountain. They see the miraculous work of God as they cross the Red Sea on dry land. And as they look back and see Pharaoh's army utterly destroyed in the waters, they receive manna from heaven when they're hungry. They receive water from the rock when they thirst. They defeat the army of Amalek as the Lord fights for them as long as Moses keeps his hands lifted to the Lord. Even Aaron and Hur come and hold up his arms that they may prevail. We see the miraculous work of God in this journey. And so we may look at our Easter season is corresponding to this same journey. As Jesus triumphs over sin and death, freeing us from bondage and leads us to the life of promise. Like Israel, we must learn to trust in the power of God, to lead, to provide, and to protect. We must learn to live as people of life, even as we're surrounded by a culture We're challenged to see the mighty acts of God as we walk in that space between we had hoped and God has planned. As we walk through this Easter season, we have as our guide in this wilderness trek, the lectionary readings from the Acts of the Apostles. Just as Israel struggles to dwell in the presence and provision of God, that struggle is not complete when the glory of God descends upon the holy mountain. It's not complete when they receive the law of God, the instruction on how to be a holy people in the presence of a holy God. It's not complete when they stand on the banks of the Jordan looking at the land of promise. It's not even complete when they enter the promised land and the Lord drives out the enemies before them. Even so, the struggle of the church, our own struggle, Is not complete when we're freed from bondage to sin and death at the empty tomb. It's not complete as the Spirit is poured out upon the church. Our pilgrim journey continues even today. It's not complete until Christ comes again in glory. So Luke's second volume seems an apt way to look at this ongoing pilgrim journey. We saw in Luke's first volume a description of Jesus' pilgrim journey from Nazareth of Galilee to Jerusalem to the cross and to the resurrection. In the second journey, in the second volume, we call it the Acts of the Apostles, we follow this pilgrim journey of the Spirit made manifest in the church from Jerusalem in Judea to Samaria and even to the ends of And just as we find parallels between the exodus and the church, we also find parallels between the journey of Jesus and the journey of the church. As I read today's lesson with Morgan, she noticed how much it sounded like the ministry of Jesus. Teaching, drawing crowds, and then some people get jealous, try to put a stop to it all. See, we find the same clash of kingdoms that we found in the gospel in Luke's account of the formation of the church. So now let's turn to our passage today as we look at the pilgrim journey in this clash of kingdoms. Our, passion, our passage begins with the statement, Many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. As we look back at the Exodus account, we see that it's by signs and wonders that God works to harden Pharaoh's heart. Exodus 7.3 And as Moses stands before Israel on the verge of the promised land, he reminds them, The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror and with signs and wonders. Deuteronomy twenty six And the Psalms and the prophets also remind us it's by signs and wonders that God brings Israel out of captivity. It's by signs and wonders that God leads us out of captivity. In Peter's Pentecost sermon, he declares, O men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works, and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. But God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by death many signs and wonders were regularly being done by the people done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And the clash of kingdoms continues. The kingdom of God is breaking in with great power and wonder and the kingdoms of the world are revealed as mere shadows, mere illusions that promise protection and provision and power but deliver only bondage. We see the predictable response, the response we see in the history of Israel, the response we see in the history of the church, the response we see in ourselves when we're truly honest. As the signs and wonders, the power and glory of God threaten the illusions we hold of our own power and ability, the tools of the kingdom suddenly appear in our hands. Fear, jealousy, oppression. Just as the people responded to Moses with grumbling and jealousy, we see the Sadducees, the high priests, and the officials of the temple filled with jealousy as the people gather around the apostles who are teaching about the way of life, the way that is found in Christ. They fear that they'll lose the power and prestige afforded them by the kingdoms of this world and so they work to silence the apostles by throwing them in jail. Let's take a moment to consider the contrast between the ways of the kingdom of God and the ways of the kingdoms of this earth. Jealousy causes us to cling tightly to that which we have, fearing that it will be taken away. Jealousy and fear result when we believe that our protection and provision depend upon ourselves, and that we must compete for our own scarce resources, that we must scramble for our piece of the pie, that what you have is taken from me. But the way of the kingdom is different. Luke tells us that the early community, the community filled and led by the Holy Spirit, considers nothing as their own, but instead they bring all to the common use. And like manna, each receives according to their need, and there was not a person among them who lacked for anything. Fear and jealousy are the tools of the kingdoms of this world, but generosity and love are the tools of the kingdom of God. And this clash of It's not limited to the ways of humankind. It's not limited to the things that we can touch and taste and see. It's not a clash between flesh and blood. As the apostles are in jail, the angel of the Lord intervenes. The doors of the prison are opened. The apostles are commanded, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of life. to the people. In obedience, the apostles return to the temple and continue to proclaim the way of life, the freedom from bondage to sin and death, the way of the cross and the resurrection. They're brought once again before the council. The clash of kingdoms comes to a climax as the high priest commands them again not to teach in the name of Jesus. In a great ironic statement, high priest both understands and misunderstands the aim of the apostles to bring the blood of Jesus upon even the leaders of the temple. Even here the ways of the kingdoms of the world prevent the high priest and those around him from understanding that the blood of Jesus brings forgiveness, healing, and redemption in the kingdom of God rather than the condemnation, blame, and shame that the kingdoms of this world offer. The apostles, standing before the high priest, recognize the nature of this clash of kingdoms. Will they capitulate to the kingdoms of this world? Will they trust in the power of the kingdom of God? Will they obey the directives of mere men? Or will they obey the command of God? On this Sunday after Easter, as we walk this wilderness journey of the exodus from captivity to sin and death, may we walk with Jesus on the journey from Jerusalem as we come to this table. May we know life as we participate in his body and his blood.
1: May we be sent on
0: the journey with the Holy Spirit to bear witness to the signs and wonders, to the mighty hand and outstretched arm that delivers us from the power of sin and death and brings us to the kingdom of life in the ways of forgiveness and healing and redemption. May we recognize the trials and hardships, the struggles and disappointments, even the rejection and ridicule that we face in this clash of kingdoms between the kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of God? May we, too, answer with Peter the challenge of the kingdoms of this world. As we say, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We, we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.